Hi, everyone. Thanks for taking the time to stop by the campfire. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. Summer camp provides everyone involved a great deal of fun and a surprising amount of learning. Yes, it's actually true. You can have a blast while learning things that will help you later in life. It doesn't matter whether you're a seven-year-old first-time camper, a 16-year-old CIT, a college-age staff member, or a year-round professional with more than two decades under your belt. There is always a lot of learning going on at summer camp. The idea behind this podcast is to shine the light on some lessons that we've learned at summer camp and figure out how we can apply them to our lives back home. I hope you'll hear a few bits of summer camp wisdom that you can put to work immediately in your daily life. Now, every great business, every great community, and really every great summer camp certainly, begins with leadership and it begins with passion. A truly great business is one that actually can stand the test of competition, but also can stand the test of time. Now, I had to do just a little bit of research on this because I thought it was kind of a neat idea. But according to World Atlas, Congo Gumi, I hope I got that name right, is the oldest continuously run business in the world. It's a construction company that started in 578 AD in Japan and is still going strong. Now, my personal favorite old business is actually a place called Sean's Bar. It's a pub in Ireland, and it's been doing its work since 900 AD. So now, my two friends around the campfire tonight have been in camping for a long time. Certainly not as long as those people pulling pints at Sean's. But Ross Moskowitz, who's the owner and director of Camp Westmont, and Matt Stoltz, who is the newly former owner of Island Lake Camp, have both been in camping for more than four decades. During their time in camp, they've done it all. They've been campers, counselors, program heads, and everything else. One thing, though, that has remained consistent were the lessons that they've learned from their parents. Now, sadly, over the past year, Matt lost both of his parents, Mike and Bev Stoltz, while Ross lost his father, Fred Moskowitz. Thankfully, Ross's mom, Minna, will be able to enjoy and possibly critique this conversation. As someone who came into camping without much experience and who has three kids of his own growing up in this world, I wanted to spend some time learning from Ross and Matt. As always, they're happy to share and make me laugh along the way. I hope you'll enjoy this wide-ranging conversation about learning from legends, both within the camp and within the wider camping world with my great friends, Ross Moskowitz and Matt Stoltz. Matt, Ross, welcome to the campfire. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So you guys have been longtime camp directors right next door, neighbors of ours at Camp Aquaic at Westmont and at Island Lake. Um, and we've never shared a campfire together. And that's the one problem, I think, with camp directors is that we're, we're doing all our stuff on our own little bubbles during the summer, but we don't get a chance to do a lot of stuff outside that bubble. So it's nice to have you two uh, sitting around the digital campfire with me tonight. Um, I, I want to jump right in because you guys have got a lot more camp experience than I do. You know, Matt, we'll start with you. How did you start in camping and, and where did that take you and, and where are you now? So in 1973, I was six years old and my dad took a summer job and my mom took a summer job with a guy that they taught with in Brooklyn at a camp. And that was my first summer. I actually spent three summers in the youngest bunk before I was ready to graduate <laughs> with kids my age. Um, and, uh, 1982, my parents left teaching, went to work for that camp full time. In 1986, he went to open a second camp. My parents became his partners. Uh, 1988, I graduated college. At this point in my life, I had spent, I was 18, I was 
I was 21 years old, and I had spent, I believe, 15 or 16 summers in camp. Um, when I graduated in 88, and then in 91, we bought out our partner, changed the name of the camp to Island Lake. And until uh, January of this year, I was a full-time employee. So 33 years as a full-time employee and 46 summers in sleepaway camp. Wow, that is absolutely incredible. Ross, how about you? I know you've been involved with camps for a long time as well. How, how did it start for you and, and you know where, what you doing now? I'm, well, I'm the uh, owner director of Camp Westmont. I started as a camper um, in this staff house. My parents both worked at Camp Algonquin. Um, a small camp up in Argyle, New York. It had a great, great, great staff, a lot of teachers, a very uh, family um, atmosphere. A lot of my friends uh, grew up there. And one day, my mom, just like Matt was saying before, you know, my dad was the tennis instructor and my mom was in the staff house because I literally was uh, nine months old maybe at the time, very, very young. And she just basically said to my dad, she's like, you know, Fred, she goes, one of these years that I think we could do this. You know, why can't we do this? You know, why do we stop working, you know, for for other people, you know, and all of a sudden, so after the summers progressed and I was out of the staff house now at Algonquin, maybe I was uh, four years old. Mm -hmm. I think I was in a bunk. At, at Algonquin, if you, yeah, if you could imagine, right? And um, you're, at that point, you're the mascot. Still, yeah, my mom was still in the staff house, and that summer, my dad, uh, you know, started looking at some camps. Camp Kiyuma was a great camp in Wayne County that was closed for a year, and my dad, along with Jack Pinsky, um, went to go look at it, and. The rest, as they say, is uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Man. Yeah. And then we moved to the other side of the lake, which was Camp Echo Lark. Mm-hmm. In 1991, that camp, um, you know, went out of business, but it was on a beautiful, beautiful piece of property. And we moved the camp over Westmont over to the Echo Lark <laughs> side. And we've been there since uh, 1992. Wow. That is awesome. And now both of you guys wound up you worked for your parents because they were the owners yeah. of the camp. And then you wound up buying the camp from your parents. What was it like, you know, cause I've got three boys, you know, at, that are still young and, you know, we now own our camp, but what was it like growing up as the director's kids and, and then working for your parents and then ultimately taking over for your parents? Wow. Well, well <laughs> okay. Well, well, first of all, I, I just want to set the record straight only because, um, you know, full transparency, my, you know, my parents are so generous, Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not have to buy, you know, the, oh, the camp. Lovely. Um, you know, it's something that, you know, I worked for my, my parents for all those years and they were very, very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been very fortunate and it was something that was, uh, you know, gifted over to me. So, please. I, I want to just make, set the record straight on that because awesome. my mom, I'm sure will hear this and I want to make sure I, I'm clear. Um, <laughs> but being, being the director's uh, son, you know, the, the best thing that m- my father did and my mother did, I was treated just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I, there was no special favors. There was no uh, going to their room 
There was no special dinners. What was, you know, what was served in the dining hall is, is what I ate. I couldn't come running to them that I didn't, I didn't like a counselor. I had a problem with a kid in the bunk. I was just like everybody else. I had to go up the chain of command. So that's, that's the way that uh, they kind of set, laid it out to me. And, you know, looking back on it now, it's what I do with my own kids at camp. So, cause you know, having staff parents, mm-hmm. you know, and parents who work for you, mm-hmm. it was always easy for my mother and father, you know, if they saw, you know, a, a staff family, let's say the head of you know, I don't know, the, the kitchen or arts and crafts or tennis, if they're following their child around or their child is going to their room to get snacks or whatever, you know, my parents had a leg to stand on. I said, well, you don't see Ross, you know, Ross and Laney doing that. Sure. You know, so it, I, you know, I don't know if that was a little bit of it, but yeah, I was just treated like everybody else's, uh, everybody else's kid. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Great. How about you, Matt? Was it a similar experience? So, yeah. Let's, let's be clear. My parents gifted me the camp, um, very generously. Uh, they did not sell it to me like they, like some other camps nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, which I was very fortunate for, both me and my sister. It was gifted to both of us yeah. um, in various stages over the years, various amounts for the land, um, then the operations. But I, I would say that I was not treated like every other camper. I was by my parents. My dad actually held me, and he did throughout my whole life, to a higher standard mm-hmm. than everybody else. He expected more from me. He expected better behavior as the uh, head counselor or director's son. Um, But when we opened Island Lake, I was already 19 years old. So I was never a camper at Island Lake. I've only been a staff member there. I was the athletic director in the first summer, 1986 and 87. Um, I ran the sports program. Got it. Uh, Maybe maybe even in 88, too, as a full-time employee. I don't remember. Um, But I had multiple hats then. but my dad didn't, he held me to a higher standard. Did your mom feel the same way? Do you feel like your mom was, was the same? No, my mom treated me like everybody else. Okay. You know, my mom treated me just like she treated everybody else, like Ross's parents did. But my dad had an expectation that I would be a better employee, a better camper, a better CIT um, at the other camp where I was growing up. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I've been a camper, a counselor in training, I've worked in the kitchen for a summer. I was a counselor. I was in maintenance, then ran maintenance. And then I was a head counselor and I've been a director. So I have done just about every job you could do at camp Yep. over the years. My dad did that intentionally. So I would understand what it's like to be on maintenance and have sympathy for those people. Um, I was 16 when I worked in the camp kitchen. So it wasn't at that point, it wasn't a plan for the future, but it was, hey, Dad, I want to work this summer. Mm-hmm. You want me to go to camp? Fine. Give me a job. So he got his, his boss to give me a job in the kitchen. Got it. I need, hey. I need money. My parents didn't have money. I needed money. Well, and there's there's not too many jobs at camp that will, will show you exactly how hard it is than working in the kitchen and working in maintenance. You know, yeah. and, and I will say being a camp counselor also, I think, is a very challenging role. But um, I think that's one piece that people look at it and say, oh, I would love to own a camp. It'd be so much fun. It's like, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And it's more work than you can imagine. 
<laughs> getting into it. Yeah. You, Ross, you, you took a slightly different path after playing collegiate athletics. You yeah. became a lawyer and then came back into it, correct? Yeah. So, um, you know, when I, I played, uh, you know, college baseball and um, it became very apparent to me, you know, early on that I didn't think I was ever going to be, uh, you know, drafted, um, you know, when I saw just how good these other guys were in college, mm -hmm. it was a real wake up call, you know, you know, the level of athletics that you and I played Cole. you know, so you know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, from there, I always got very good grades and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I thought maybe I'd become a teacher, mm -hmm. um, something of that, you know, nature. And I was a substitute teacher for, I want to say a half of a year. I enjoyed it. I loved being around children. Like I always had. And I always tried to make it fun for whatever, whatever I was doing, you know, with the kids. And, and my dad just said, you know, well, you know, Roy, well, dad, you, you did pretty well. I mean, teachers make good money. You have your summers off, you have a pension, you have all retirement. It's great. And he goes, well, yeah, he goes, but you know, you could always fall back and, and, and do something. He goes, why don't you go to law school? And again, you know, my dad and my mom, both of them being very, very true to their words. I mean, look, I mean, my, you know, my parents, it's how generous they are. And I, I took everything very, very serious. I said, guys, if you want me to go to law school, I said, I don't want to be saddled with those loans. And my dad and my mom said, you go to law school, you get good grades. Don't worry about it. So wow. I said, okay, I went to law school. Um, I got good grades. I passed the bar exam. So I am admitted. I'm a, a, a lawyer in good standing. I went, I worked at uh, Shestack and Young, a personal injury firm. Um, and, you know, and then from there, you know, my dad and his partner, Jack Pinsky, mm -hmm. Jack was, I want to say Jack mate, you know, um, who also just recently passed away. Uh, I want to say he was like 12 years older than my father, 11 years older. And, you know, my dad just said to me, he goes, Ross, if we're, if you ever want to come in and do this, you know, cause the numbers really started, I think to decline a little bit mm -hmm. at, at the camp. And he said, if you want to do this, we got to do it now. You know, we, we have to do this now. And I was um, 32, 33 years old. I was you know, making pretty good money. I went into legal staffing. Mm -hmm. So I was the guy who would go out to law firms and get them to hire temp attorneys, temp paralegals. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't the one actually filling the job. Um, I was the one getting the business. And I actually took a pay cut. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, yeah, we had just, you know, basically had a baby and <laughs> my wife, Susan, um, you want to do what? <laughs> and, yeah. My wife is amazing and so, so supportive. I met her in law school and, you know, and I don't think she ever really knew that this was in the plans. We had a great opportunity and I jumped at it. And from there, we just, um, I didn't look back. I did work, um, at the camp, you know, when my, my mother, my father and Jack and Lenny, were the owner directors. I was an athletic director, which was great. You know, I did that for a couple, a, a couple of years. Obviously I was a, a counselor and the baseball specialist. Um, I did not head a maintenance crew like Stoltz. <laughs> He's always showing me up and, you know, Matt's also been somewhat of a mentor, you know, to me. So I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, it's not the first time Matt has kind of one up to me. 
<laughs> well, and Matt, I overheard you say um, in a conversation we all had a couple of weeks ago um, about how you actually took Ross out, I believe, for dinner. Uh, or you, so there was some before Ross got involved working with his dad, you actually took him out or took his dad out or something like that about working with your child. Well, you mind sharing right. that in a, in a, in a Disney like way? Yeah, sure. I was sitting in my office and Freddie called and I always take Freddie's calls. I mean, the guy gave me one of the greatest honors of my life when he invited me to be a, uh, um, a commissioner of athletics in Wayne County when I was like 24, 25 years old. Wow and new to the business. So it was one of the great honors of my life. And one of my dad's, you know, it just so my dad was so proud of me when I, <laughs> when I was offered that position and he called me, he said, my son is coming into the business. I want you to be nice to him. I said, I'll tell you what you tell your son to call me. Cause this was before email Ross, right? <laughs> I think he called me on the landline. I said, here, you give him my numbers. You tell him to call me. He and I'll go out for dinner. And I'll tell him what it's like to work for your dad when he's an a-hole. <laughs> and Fred thought that was hilarious. And he left because that's the kind of guy Fred was. And um, Ross and I, we met three blocks from my apartment. Um, I don't remember the name of the place, but I can visualize it. We sat at the bar. We had dinner. I think we spent probably two or three hours together. And we've been great friends ever since. Uh, it's just amazing. It's incredible how camp will pull people together. And I'm struck listening to both of you that... I always hear the bad things about family businesses. You know, you, you hear these horror stories about families that are ripped apart because of the, the way the, the business rolls from camping. I know I can name two camps right off the top of my head. Right. You know, and so what do you think it, it was about y'all's upbringing, the situation that allowed it to be so harmonious? I love my parents. I love, I love my parents. That's, that's all there was to it. I mean, my dad was my idol. He was my best friend. He was my hero. Awesome. You know, uh, for, for me, um, you know, my mother and my father, you, to grow up in my house, you had to have thick skin. You did. I mean, my father was a coach. He was, a, you know, he was a, a high school basketball coach at William E. Grady High School in Brooklyn. My dad's a tough guy. My mom's tough. Mm -hmm. Believe you me, I mean, you're going to know what my mom thinks about you, good or bad. So, you know, it was never um, it was never personal. Mm -hmm. it, it was always about the business, you know. So we had, I would say, heated exchanges about the business. But I was my father and mother's son. And I my dad always had great um one-liners or real advice that I'm going to pass on, you know, to my kids. And he had a way of saying it where it wasn't hurtful. Mm -hmm. You know, he just told me, he goes, listen, he goes, the first two summers, don't say anything. Really, <laughs> don't, just don't say, because you don't even know what you don't know. Yeah. So just watch, learn, yep. listen. And, you know, obviously I'm going to ask you, what you think and I want to know what you think but really you know until you really have your you know your sea legs under you you know I I want you to learn and and that's really what I did and then I think when I my dad picked up on that I started that very meaningful things to say mm -hmm. and I also I'm not a spoiled brat so I know that it maybe came out that way in the beginning with 
the law school and the camp. But, but, you know, to know me, you know, if my dad or my mom didn't like my ideas, I just penciled them. I wrote them down. I didn't sit there and hold my breath and stop my feet and, and start saying, you know, well, this is what you should do. This is, I think that when my mom and dad started to see that um, a lot of my ideas were good ideas mm-hmm. um, and I think the right way uh, or possibly to change. And my dad um, and my mom, you know, he, uh, he was okay. He, he, he wasn't a control freak with that. Mm-hmm. You know, he loved the kids. He loved the, the playing the nukem with the kids. My mom loved being, you know, taking the homesick kids on, on golf cart rides. My dad loved doing counselor meetings. But Jack ran a lot of the business sure. part of it. My dad was a big personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Jack left and Lenny left, there was a void there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was able to kind of go in there, not try to overshadow my dad because nobody could do that. And I just kind of, he allowed me to, um, you know, grow. And that's what I did. And I learned from people, you know, you know, like, like Matt, I was able to just like a sponge mm-hmm. soak up knowledge. And I was lucky enough to have that, uh, people in my life. Let me piggyback piggyback on a couple of things that Ross said. First of all, I want to go back a little bit, and Scrappy can edit this however he wants. Um, (laughs) I was was an athlete growing up. I played football. I played ice hockey. I wrestled. I played ice hockey in college for the club team. We didn't have a varsity team, so I played Mm -hmm. at the highest level I could at my school. Um, And when I was in middle school, Ross has heard this story because he was at my dad's funeral. He was kind enough to fly to Florida for it. And uh, I told the story at my dad's eulogy. I was in middle school and wrestling and hockey were the same season. I had wrestling six days a week. I had hockey three days a week. And my dad was driving me from wrestling practice to hockey practice. And he said to me, listen, I want you to understand something. I know you love your sports and I fully back you and I support you and I, I want to do everything I can for you. And I just want you to understand you're Jewish. You have a much better chance of being an agent for the athletes than you do of being an athlete. (laughs) And that really stuck with me. And another thing, you know, like Ross said, his dad was a tough guy and he was, his dad was a tough guy. I knew him very well. Um, He was one of the people I really looked up to in Wayne County. Um, My dad was a former Marine and my dad came across as a tough guy but we called him Marshmallow Mike. <laughs> my mom coined the phrase. If you ask anybody who worked at Island Lake when my parents were still there, they will tell you they were more terrified of my mom than they were of my dad. Yeah, my mom, my mom was the one who would drive the homesick kids around in the golf cart. Yeah. My mom is the one who every few days would take the lollipop tree, which is basically a styrofoam cone, Mm-hmm. With lollipops poked into it and drive around during snack break and let the kids run out and grab lollipops, a tradition that I continue. Um, my mom was on appearance, the softer one, but in the office, people were terrified one. of her. You got called into Bev's office. You were in trouble. <laughs> I called into Mike's office. You might be in trouble, but you're going to get away with it. <laughs> my mom was the hard ass. My dad was Marshmallow Mike. 
Oh, it's amazing. It's incredible how we're raised by such different people, but yet it, it works so well and it works so well, at least for, for you two. And, and I imagine your, your siblings as well. What, what oh, no, some... my sisters were treated with kids gloves. My, my, oh, no, no, but <laughs> I cut, I came home from school once with a test. I got a 98 on a social studies test and my dad was a social studies teacher. And he looks at me and, and dead seriously, he says to me, why'd you get one wrong? My sister comes home with a 90 on a test. Either of my sisters, they get a trip for freaking ice cream. (laughs) It was a different standard. Oh, you got a 90? Let's go get ice cream. You got a 98? Why'd you get one wrong? <laughs> Come on, man! Completely oh, different standard. It's incredible. Well, and you know we're we're fortunate to to be do what we love to do, own and, and run summer camps for kids um, in Wayne County. So, and a lot of people listening to this don't know what Wayne County is. Wayne County is a, a county northeastern part of Pennsylvania. There are you throw a rock and you hit a great camp. You know, they're just there's so many of them around our area. Twenty, I think no, it's thirty-two camps. The last count was was in the Wayne County Camp Alliance. You guys sat at those tables and listened to a lot of legends of camping. I mean, you know, people that created a lot of careers, bought camps, created incredible communities for these kids. What are some of the things that, you know, when you're listening to your parents speak at those meetings? Um what are some of the things that you've learned and what do you hope that those lessons kind of continue? Cause obviously camp has changed, but there's a lot that stayed the same. What, what do you feel like the stuff you've heard you're still doing today and you hope that the next generation of camp directors do, you know, at your spots? So to be honest, when I first went to the meetings, I had to put on a jacket and tie. Wow. That's different. Everybody wore a jacket and tie to the meeting. And it was mostly men. There were very few females. Um, and my dad told me before the first meeting, he goes, you are not to speak. In fact, you are not to speak for at least a year. Mm-hmm. And two would be better. And I was like, oh, it's like, like Fred. Yep. <laughs> what, the hell, what the hell am I doing then? Why are, you know, what's this all about? I mean, he dragged me kicking and screaming to my first one. And the, the truth is now I can't imagine that we would have achieved the success we achieved and I would be where I am right now, retired in my low 50s, without the wisdom and the advice that we got from the, the last generation of camp directors. You know, the guys who we're losing now, they, they're the ones who transformed this industry, not just in Wayne County, but all over. But the advice and, and the, the wisdom that I heard at Wayne County meetings has been just incredible. That's awesome. Just incredible. I, I mean, some of the, I mean, some of these guys are still around. But Rich Kamen, Stan Goldberg, Buddy Seffer, High Schmierer. Um, you know, <laughs> when Buddy got up to talk, everybody was like, "Oh God, here it goes." Yeah, very slowly, <laughs> and it, it was it was you know a little torturous. I'll, I'll admit, but what came out of his mouth was worth the wait because it was very sage advice. Yeah, um, and some of these legends, you know, that you know. Alan Arlene Goldstein, who are still with us, but not involved in Wayne County anymore. Um, they always just had, you know, Freddie, Jack, they just, they knew their stuff. Yeah. They knew what they were talking about. They knew children, they knew parents, and they understood the implications that we had in these children's lives and how much it meant to them and to the kids. Yeah. And they translated that into how much it meant for them as directors. 
to be such a significant part of these children's lives. Um, yesterday, one of my longtime campers and staff members, her name is, uh, well, we just called her by her last name, Stern. That's how she's known at camp. Mm-hmm. She had a baby, a baby girl yesterday. Awesome. And I got a text from her. Hey, baby was born. Here's a pic. Here's her name. Her middle name, Blake, is after your mom. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. So to, to know that my mom had that kind of impact on this young lady who's in her 30s now, uh, um, you know, that she named her baby's middle name after my mom. I mean, I, I almost started crying. That's incredible. And I, on the, and I was on the golf course at the time. So it might have been the golf shot that made me almost start crying. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> Only if you're putting. How about you, Ross? What, what were some of the things that, that popped up that you remember that yeah. you'll perpetuate on? Well, well, you know, I will tell you that we literally, um, myself, you know, you, Cole, and, uh, you know, Matt, um, and everyone in our industry, you know, we really are standing on the backs of, mm-hmm. of just giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these, these men and women who, who created these camps, um, it's, it's astounding. It, it really is. And the, the, the two main things that I have always found so amazing because I'm so competitive. I am so competitive at everything that I, that I do. Mm-hmm. It was so, um, I don't know. It, I had to really take a step back when, you know, cause I grew up in Wayne County playing in the Wayne County tournaments. So, you know, playing against, Trails End, Chinawanda, Tyler Hill, Island Lake, you know, mm-hmm. not that they, you know, but, but on the ball fields and some of these games got very heated with Quayic. I know yep. your gym. I played yep. basketball in that gym. I <laughs> went to your track meets. I mean, yep. believe me, I wanted to win in everything that I did. And then I went to the Wayne County meetings and I've never been around an industry that truly wants every camp in that room to succeed. Mm-hmm. And they will do whatever it takes to help each other, to share, because, and to answer your question, I think these takeaways, and I was saying to my dad, basically, I'm off, I think maybe it was at Bryn Mawr, one of these meetings at Bryn Mawr where, you know, we have uh, the vendors come in and yeah. um, outside and, you know, and Dan's kind enough to host. And I remember I was saying this, I don't remember who came over, but it was one of the old time directors, and I was saying this to my dad, and he said, Ross, we're like this because when one camp is good or another camp in this association or in this industry is good, it's good for all of us. Yeah. You know, this helps. It makes when, when the camping industry is strong and you have a, and you're running a great camp. And if we could help make your camp better, more kids are going to come to camp. And there's plenty of, there's plenty of kids, you know, for all of us. There's plenty of staff, you know, for all of us. So, again, you know, the better, the better we all do, and that was really, um, you know, something that's that that really that really stood out um, to me, you know. And and ever since then, I'm always amazed at how true, you know, that really is. Yeah, it's funny. That's something my parents used to say too: is there 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 are enough kids to fill every camp. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a cutthroat industry. And, you know, outside of Wayne County, th- there are some groups that have formed over the years. Um, I mean, Wayne County Camp Alliance was founded, I think, in 40, 
47 or 48, something like that. Um, and there are enough, you know, there are other groups that are trying to do what we do. Nobody does it like the Wayne County Camp Alliance. Um, you know, I, I look at the people who just bought Island Lake and they came from, you know, the Greater Pocono Camp Association, which is a fledgling organization. And I give Mark Major a lot of credit for what he's doing, trying to lead that and get it off the ground and turn it into Wayne County. And I said to him after the last meeting, I said, so what do you think of Wayne County? He goes, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. You know, I've only been in it for, I guess now 12 years. And I, I kind of took the approach that you guys were told to take, just, you know, sit there, shut up and, and listen for a while. But I was struck right away. And I finally heard a quote the other day that I think sums it up best. Everybody around that table wants to win or help someone else win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Like we, we want our kids, but more than anything else, we want everybody else to win. You know, because it's like hundred percent. I want everybody in Wayne County to be successful. Awesome. Well, great. Well, guys, thank you so much for for spending some time and reminiscing um, about your parents and about your experiences growing up. I know it's it's helpful for me as as a young camp owner and you know, a guy with some kids coming up. And I know it's 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 always great to listen to the lessons that have been learned from our elders. Like you said, Ross, we are standing on the shoulders of giants, men and women both that have shown us the way forward. And their generation transformed the industry. It's incredible. The, you know, and for anybody who knows the history about camping, it came from, you know, educators that did this part-time to all of a sudden their generation made it a full-time job. And, yep. and that's kind of a crazy thing to think that we run a summer camp for kids and it's more than a year round job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. without a doubt well guys thank you again so much we, we look forward to uh, Ross seeing you around the Wayne County campfires and, and Matt now that you're retired come on up anytime thank you I, I, I will be there this summer and I'm not going to pierce any of your bubbles so I can't come away with that conversation without feeling really anything but gratitude I'm grateful for Matt and Ross sharing all the lessons that they've learned from Marshmallow Mike from Bev from Fred and from Minna are truly a treasure trove of wisdom from a parent standpoint, from a child standpoint, and from a business owner standpoint. The two words that kept popping up in my head, having listened to this a couple of times, are generosity and expectation. Both sets of parents were incredibly generous to their children, and they also held all their kids in very high expectation. Both sets of parents showed their sons, my friends, The example of doing first things first, they cared for the kids. And by doing so, both Mike and Bev and Fred and Minna gave the next generation of camp leaders a very clear path forward. And this is true really for the vast majority of camp professionals that have come before the three of us, certainly. So many have been generous in sharing their time and their experience with younger folk. And these great women and men have held us, the new generation of camp leaders, in high expectation. These are great lessons to learn and to pass forward. Oh, and for those that are just starting in camping, take a page from these guys' book. Just sit there and listen for a little while. Don't worry, you'll catch up. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you'll leave a five-star rating or review on whichever podcast service you're listening to. More good reviews help these ideas spread, and our campfire circle is really big enough for everybody. Until we speak again... Go out there and do good and be good. Thanks again to our friends at Scope for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. 
SCOPE stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. SCOPE campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting SCOPE. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at support SCOPE.